1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. I got John Ackerman uh, in studio, the Taswell County clerk, a guy whose job it is to make sure that elections are on the up and up. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? Well, I was a little concerned. I I had a late lunch, so I put a piece of gum in my mouth before (laughs) I came in. And after yesterday's issues Uh with Betty, I was concerned. Do you you spit it into my hand? No, John. (laughs) I'm good. I'm I'm fine. (laughs) I love that you heard that yesterday. Yes, uh, Betty was on the show. She had gum. And the only guest in the entire world that I would offer to (laughs) take the gum in my hand and throw it out in the trash can behind me is the missus. Uh, Not you. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, uh, But no, uh, I, I love the you came on and you actually reached out to me to come on Uh, yesterday i had a pretty um um, deep conversation or pretty you know detailed conversation with mark strauss uh, who's on my show a lot Uh, mark and i have differing opinions about all different kinds of things in the world of of election 2020 um etc but it's probably good to start with you a guy whose job it literally is to make sure that the election in taswell county is on the up and up to just go through some of this stuff uh, because Mark is certainly not alone in believing that an election 2020 for Republicans or 2016 for Democrats had issues. So I guess the, the first kind of the, the premise here is, do you think that the system being used either in Taswell or in general in our country is something that can still be perfected, still be changed? Are there things you're doing to mitigate some of the fraud that's been claimed? What are what are the basic um, details of what we're doing right now? Well, and. I think it's important because the Republican Party sees the value in it and that the state Republican Party asked me to go through the state this year. And I have been talking at different Republican Party events about election integrity, having confidence again in the local systems that are in place. And really, that is a strength of Illinois over other parts of the nation. I'm only going to talk to you about Illinois law and about what's taking place at our counties in Illinois. Sure. But we have a huge advantage in that our elections are administered at the local level. You know the person that is handling 100% of the elections within your county. That is a huge benefit that we have over other states like Pennsylvania or New Jersey, where you mail them in and who knows Mm -hmm. what state agency is opening them up and and, and counting those votes. If you live in Tazewell County, my office is the only one counting your votes. If you live in Peoria County, the Peoria County Election Commission is the only one counting your votes. There is no state agency. There is no, they're not going to any mystery location. Yeah. So that knowledge, that the importance of that knowledge gives you the ability to take action to make sure that your elections are being done correctly in your area, your part of the state. And that's the message we've tried to get out to Republican uh, sure. members throughout the state. Well, and actually, I thought it was interesting. Um, uh, DeSantis, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, now a presidential candidate or at least a primary candidate on the Republican side of the aisle, spoke here. I was there. I think you were there. Um, um, one of the things he said is that ballot harvesting is not something that's allowed in Florida, uh, but he was talking about what had been said by other members of the Republican uh, you know, committee here and how ballot harvesting is the law of the land in Illinois. So some of these things that might feel as though uh, they are the conduits to fraud in a lot of parts of the country, uh, what is it that we need to know about here in, in Illinois as to how that is, is not something that can be turned into a, a fraudulent endeavor in the world of voting? Well, and I was at the same event you were, and I know he mentioned ballot harvesting. I think he meant to say ballot tracking, because in Illinois, ballot tracking is allowed. Ballot harvesting, we don't have the ability to do. Gotcha. That really takes place, and this is one of those phrases people need to know. Ballot harvesting takes place in states where they mail all the ballots out to the individual. They only do vote by mail. They don't do 
polling location voting, in-person voting. So they mail all these ballots, and there's these millions of ballots that are sitting at houses where people no longer reside. And then you can go through the neighborhood and collect all of those ballots, and that gives you a huge pool to be able to cast. That's ballot harvesting. What we can do in Illinois is ballot tracking. And Springfield, Sagamon County, really had success, the Sagamon County Republican Party, with this. They tracked who had requested ballots uh, from the county clerk's office. Then they took a look at what was the voting history of those individuals, whether they were Republican or Democrats. They didn't reach out to the Democrats, but to the Republicans. Sure. They reached out and said the importance of voting in that mayor's election, that we need to take the mayor's office in Springfield. We need your help. And encouraging them, reminding them, cast your ballot. Yeah. Well, sure enough, they saw such a huge uptick in vote by mail through tracking and communicating with those individuals that they actually had more vote by mail ballots in Springfield cast by Republicans than by Democrats. They didn't just catch up with them. They surpassed them. And then they won. They threw out the incumbent mayor of uh, Springfield that way. So that's what the uh, presidential candidate was talking about. And he's correct. You know, that is the system that is allowed for us. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought up 2016, because every time we have this conversation, the national media just wants to focus as if people have only questioned the 2020 election <laughs> and since then. They seem Correct. to forget that Hillary screaming bloody murder in the Democrats she in did. 2016, that mm-hmm. the Russians hacked the election. Yes. That didn't happen either. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's So these questions, whoever the losing party is, seems to always focus in on it had to be something other than our candidate or our issues sure. or uh, just the way that we ran our election. Um in 2016, Donald Trump did not utilize the Russians to, to manipulate the system. Um, he won. Uh, in 2020, unfortunately, I, I think my opinion and yours are somewhat uh, the same on this from what I heard yesterday. Sure. You know, President Trump was a very polarizing individual. He, the amount of people that loved him equaled or sur- were surpassed by the amount of people that vehemently dis- dislike him. Sure. Um, and I think that that nature of a polarized individual like that was what turned that election. I actually do think it's the same for Hillary Clinton, by the way. I think that Hillary Clinton polarized a lot of Democrats, and there were people that said, I don't know who to vote for because I don't like any of the options when it was Trump versus Hillary, Mm -hmm. and you're even a left-leaning or maybe independent voter. Uh, Let me ask you this, because this is a a comment that comes up a lot um, for a lot of people. Why was the turnout in the 2020 election so significant? One of my not-doing-what-you-do reactions to this, just sort of uh, layman's versions of things is we allowed a lot more vote by mail in a lot of places because of COVID. We just blazed through, not we as in Illinois specifically, but all over the country, red tape. How do you go through a process and then also secure uh, that things aren't somehow uh, going awry uh, in some of those situations? Is that what caused the tremendous uptick in voting compared to any other previous election? The, the turnout was sort of because of the simplicity of how people cast their ballot? Well, again, just looking at it in Illinois, we didn't change any of the laws in Illinois. We did see a massive uptick in vote by mail. But the security and the procedures that we had in place previously for vote by mail remained throughout COVID. Why did we see such a huge uptick? Because we kept talking about and kept discussing with everybody how vital it was that they cast their vote, how yeah. their vote mattered. We also, with COVID, people were paying attention of how do I utilize this vote by mail and be able to utilize it. So it wasn't us changing anything. It was the conversation because of the conditions of COVID amped up the importance of voting and the, reminded people to get out there and vote. And again, I think, again, the polarization of the candidate. You had an individual that was 
vehemently disliked just as much as he was passionately loved. And he drove people not only loving him to come out and support, but also there is no way I want that man back in coming out that way. Um, you know, it, I think this was an election in 2020 that was driven by passion more than it was by policies. Because gotcha. personally, I don't know an individual alive that could look at how we were, uh, the standards we were living under with Trump compared to today and go, <laughs> man, I was so much better off. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, well, you know, I, I don't mean to say it this way, but I'll say it this way and I'll say it to you, John. Um, Biden has done so poorly and so many things are so uh, different now than they were before, as you said a second ago, that I will be shocked if Biden does as well as he did in 2020, because I would assume there are a lot more people not willing to just blindly vote for Biden um, because of a dissatisfaction with the job he's done compared to a guy that hadn't been in the role uh, when you're running for it. Just the vice presidential role is different. I assume there's going to be a lot more negative feeling uh, for those who supported the current president than there was in the past. I want to ask you this, though, and this kind of dovetails into what we're talking about, about vote by mail and stuff. On this show, I have said that one version of fraud, if that's what you want to call it, that I could envision happening, especially during the 2020 election throughout the country because of the proactive nature. Maybe rules weren't changed everywhere, but it feels like a lot of states were more proactive in encouraging people to vote by, by mail than they'd been in the past. Maybe there are families where, say, the kids didn't vote. Uh, they were both 18 or older. They both live at home or two, uh, three kids, however many it would be, and they're not really using their right to vote. But mom or dad is very passionate, so mom or dad filled out three or four ballots instead of one. That, to me, is a rational thing that could have happened. Explain to me how that could be prevented by whatever system we have in place. Well, again, they would have had to sign the ballot So because we're doing the signature checks. And the election judges do review that and watch for the signatures. Um, you know, we just had an election this last time in 2022 in which there was in the primary in Madison County, Illinois, a county board member that filled out a bunch of uh, vote-by-mail ballots that weren't there, signed them and mailed them in. Mm -hmm. They were caught. They were prosecuted. They've been removed from public office because they've been charged with federal uh, election fraud. Um, That did happen in Illinois. So that type of fraud that you're talking about did take place in that election. But it was caught because the election judges were looking at the signatures and went, hey, there are 30 of them here all by the same signature. This isn't right. So the system worked. We Mm -hmm. caught them. I will say that I sit on a a state task force, a Republican Party task force that is reviewing the election results, an election integrity uh, committee. We reviewed every vote in the 2020, November 2020 election statewide, hoping to find all those dead people that voted, matching them up to an individual voter. Throughout the state of Illinois, we identified six individuals that double voted. So six people managed to get through the system once to vote twice. Wow. Now, you rob the bank of a penny, you rob it of a million bucks, you rob the bank, and you tarnish the reputation. So sure. not excusing it. It needed. It needs to be – there are more things that we can do to tighten the you know, yeah, safeguards better. Yeah. But also six out of you – know, what was it, nine million people that voted in Illinois? Right. Um, and all of them, by the way, were college kids that – Cast their vote at home, voted in person at home, and then went at college signed out, signed up, uh, registered to vote by vote by mail, and mm-hmm. voted that way. So you, that was the gap that was in there now, um, that was there then. But sure. again, it was limited to just six, and we brought those six names forward to the state's attorneys in those counties, asking them to bring charges. Wow. Um, now, I, I don't know the progress report on those six right now. Sure. I don't know where they're at. Um, 
six votes, though, wasn't changing an election anywhere, one way or the other. Yeah, no, and I appreciate what you said about you rob a penny that you care. You care about if a penny gets robbed from the bank, if a lot of us don't. Let me ask you a different... I'd be furious if one of those was in Tazewell <laughs> County. Trust me, I would have been... <laughs> that's awesome. It, it, you're you're right. besmirching my image. I, you know, that's right. not... So it's no, none I would of them were there. Very right. personal. Yeah, yeah. No, none of them um, happened here. Yeah, no, no. no. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. It's a different version of a question, and it just kind of dawned on me to ask you it this way. And I'm going to preface it with something that's not really relevant to what we're discussing. I like Tim Scott as a president candidate, one of the things Tim Scott has said a lot is my uh, life disproves their narrative. And what he's talking about as a black man is that opportunity is available in society in a way that politicians sometimes don't admit it is for minorities, for, um, you know, all different kinds of of human beings or, or you know, um, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to like men, women, race, all those things. They're, it's, it's a much more nuanced world uh, than maybe some politicians want you to believe it is. And what's so powerful to me about that and even uh, Tim Scott's appearance on The View is he said it's a terrible message to send a child from his community, a community he cares about, to tell them, you know what, the system is is set up against you. You're going to fail. You might as well not even try. That's essentially the reason to not say something like that to a young person. Is the narrative that the election is fraudulent and believed by so many Republicans potentially a problem that will cause Republicans to not show up and vote? Do you think there are a lot of people who would hear a version of this, hear what they think is a defense of something that they know is definitely going on behind the scenes, and just give up and then uh, allow um, the party that they're not a part of to win another election because they assume there's no reason to even try? Absolutely, and that's part of the remarks I've been delivering throughout the state as I've been going to, to Lincoln Day dinners and other Republican events. I've told the personal story of my father. He um, He's dealing with an issue right now where he needs to travel to the VA uh, hospital in Indianapolis for specialized treatments uh, for cancer. Um, he can't schedule his appointments. He may be gone on Election Day. If they're gone, I need my parents voting in person early or vote by mail. To do that, I need them to have confidence that their vote will count, that casting, taking the time to cast their vote is worthwhile. If they don't believe that it's worthwhile, then why should they do it? And if they don't do it, the Republican Party's losing out. We're not getting their votes. We're not hearing their voice. I'm hoping my parents would vote for me. But uh, I guess I'm, guess <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm jumping to a conclusion yeah, there. Yeah, but, fair, um, fair enough. We need them to have confidence mm-hmm. so that they are casting their vote and they're participating. If we villainize, continue to villainize the process, and, and there's all this fraud, like you said, what's the point of running then? And I also agree with you with Tim Scott. I think his remarks were 100% on board. Yeah. I think we forget often, too often, just how blessed we are in this country and that the poorest among us is amongst the wealthiest 1% in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the blessings of this land around us and what all we take for granted every day um, is not the standard throughout the world. And, and I think that's what Tim Scott's pointing out. Is yeah. we, we talk about all the hardships, quote-unquote, we're facing, and yeah. we forget just how blessed we are to be in this country and, and in the standards that we're living in. Um, but no, with elections, the challenge is on us as election officials to get out here. And, and, and Mark's one of them. I, w- I need to have a better conversation with him. With Mark Strauss, my friend, yeah. Because I think part of it is nobody's taking the time to answer his questions. And if I can't find somebody to answer my questions, mm-hmm. then in your mind it builds up even worse and worse. Because if nobody's giving me the reason, yeah. the answer, then the answer must not exist. Well, admittedly. And we uh, need to have those discussions yeah. with citizens to answer their questions. Because, like you pointed out, 
what's going to change then in 2024? Yes. What's going to change in 2026? Yeah. Uh, nobody's answering the question. Then what is the point? Yeah. Um, I, as an election official, want to be out there answering those questions, reassuring the voters. But to do that, just like Doubting Tom, I don't mind taking the time to show everybody sure. uh, to, to make sure that they have the trust they need to have. I, I will certainly say that I've gotten to know you um, hosting this show for the last couple of years, and transparency seems vitally important to you. It, it should be vitally important to anyone uh, who does the job you do, I would imagine. That's the way to win is sunlight. Um, and I will also tell you that I did text Mark and let him know you were coming on and asked him if he had any questions that I should relay to you. And his his focal point... And we've talked before, Mark, and I like yeah, him. He's a great, he's a great guy. guy. And, I love him, too. Uh, we've engaged in some of these talks, but not right. to the level... Where I and think maybe, I've answered enough of his questions. Well, and maybe we should do it. But uh, admittedly, he said that uh, in Tazewell County, that wouldn't be uh, an area that he would be as concerned with. He is more focused on things like what happened in Maricopa County in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you're paying attention to that at all, if you've seen any of the the different things that go viral on social media and questions about signature verification. I think Mark said there's videos where it seems to be happening at light speed and it's confusing as to how anyone could do it that quickly, any of that stuff. Um, do you have any sort of, of sense of what's going on in Arizona and whether or not the accusations made by Kerry Lake and the court system's not actually, for the most part, you know, letting that process even go to court? A lot of this stuff has been dismissed. If, if you have any reaction to any of those things. Well, that's, that right there is the hard part about this election fraud discussion on a national level. We have 50 states doing it in 50 different ways. We have different laws and different standards. So, no, I, I'm not familiar with all of the laws in Arizona because uh, You're it's hard enough to be familiar here. Yeah, with them you. in Illinois. But, <laughs> but then in Illinois, you've got 109 jurisdictions. Yeah, we have 102 counties, but we have 109 different election authorities that handle administer elections so you've got 109 different sets of standards levels of uh, abilities of individuals to communicate with the public um there, there's just different ways it's being done in different areas sure. so it makes it hard when you have these conversations um especially on national topics to, to try to justify it all but i will say with them i think a lot of the issues that you're seeing in arizona we have laws on the books. We have procedures and policies in Illinois that safeguard against those. There's a reason we don't have lines like we see on TV in Atlanta. That's their problem of not having the correct laws that would fix those problems. Um, There's a reason we don't have, you know, um, we don't discourage people coming. We encourage them. Come on in. Take a look at the systems. We're open and fully open and transparent. Some states don't do that. They do have the blackout screens. They do limit the ability. I think that's wrong. how do you have trust if somebody's telling you, but you can't look here? Sure. I want you to be able to look everywhere. Come on in. I'll show you everything. Sure. That's how you build confidence. As a person who does what you do, though, um, does not having those rules in place other places convince you that fraud is possible in those places? Uh, I know that's probably a hard thing for you to answer yes or no, but does going down that rabbit hole make more sense in uh, places that don't have the transparency that Illinois has? Yeah, an example, New Jersey, and one that we haven't thrown out. New Jersey did away with paper ballots. Man, that is a huge mistake. Every vote in Illinois has a paper ballot. Even if you vote on one of those tabulating machines, yeah. it prints out a paper ballot. We can do an audit. We can. Re- I, I have deep questions about a state that doesn't have a paper trail that allows you to conduct an audit. Gotcha. But it still doesn't mean that I don't have confidence in the results okay. from that election. I still believe that they were done right. Um, does that mean that election fraud doesn't take place? No, I just showed you Madison County, Illinois, 2022. It took place. Uh, it, it's widely it published. Yeah. yeah.
Okay, gotcha. Um, well, thank you very much. That was a long conversation, um, so I'm running late for a break. But John Ackerman, uh, the county clerk in Tazewell County, literally your job to make sure that the elections are going on well there. And, uh, well, Republicans did very, very well in Tazewell. So it seems like everything's just fine to anyone that wanted to see that side of the aisle win. A quick break, a lot more. Thank you. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Taswell County Clerk John Ackerman in studio, a guy that believes a lot in transparency and a guy that also wants to make sure uh, that elections are on the up and up. Those seem like good things Absolutely. to be hand in hand, by the way. Um, you are so transparent, in fact, that we're just going to take questions from listeners now because I got a bunch of text questions in and you can text in 309-340-4464 if you want to ask John a question about uh, election fraud, about things that you're concerned about. Uh, you are traveling throughout Illinois and having conversations with Republicans about the integrity uh, of elections here Beyond in the Republicans, state. I'll have a conversation with any group sure. because uh, – confidence period is what we need to build the back in our no, system. Absolutely. But uh, certainly any poll right now says that over 50 percent of Republicans believe that election or at least the 2020 election was fraudulent, not specific to Illinois. So there's a, a pretty big uh, mindset that has to be shifted uh, for some. All right. First one. I think this was interesting. Uh, the voting machines have to go is one of the texts that I got in uh, this text. Uh, this person has texted before that he loves Mark Strauss. Strauss rocks. Uh, what do you think of having no voting machines at all? Well, I think there needs to be a better understanding of what the machines are doing. So there are paper ballots for every vote that it's cast, and all that machine is doing, it's not hooked up to the Internet. There is no way modem hooked up to it. All it is doing is counting how many circles you filled out on what line. Now, my partner in the county clerk in McHenry County, he ran an interesting test the last time. It's not really allowed by statute, but he went ahead and did it anyhow. And that was he pulled one election result, had election judge sit there and hand count the results, and had the machine count it to see was there an issue. Uh, and he also just did it for a public display of here you go. And it was a small election, a small sample, a county board race, but let's do a hand count. The election judges were off by 15%. The problem is, is, as you're counting those little dots, your eye gets lazy and you sure. just start thinking that you saw a dot. The machines turned out being accurate. The human eye turned out to be inaccurate in counting them. Think back, too, with Florida, with how many discussions we had about stupid hanging chads. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the, sure. We don't have those anymore. Yeah. I will say, but they're, the problem with the machines is, is everybody thinks that they're hooked up, that they can be manipulated, that mm-hmm. you can walk by with your smartphone and program them. Mm-hmm. Your refrigerator in your home is probably smarter than these machines are because... <laughs> They they right. are not pre-programmed. They are individually set up for an individual ballot type to go in there. Yeah. They have to be programmed each and every election for that ballot style, yeah. and they're only counting that circle that you put on there. And afterwards, I've got the paper results. We can go and we can look, do it, a physical recount to make sure that that machine was counting accurate. And we're required, actually, by state law, 5% of all of our results we have to turn around and do a recount on those to make sure that the machine that counted them was accurately counting those results. Gotcha. So there I, is an audit that takes place. I don't place. know why when people talk about some things, I draw parallels immediately in my mind uh, as you're saying it. And I was convinced. I know you were talking about elections and uh, the voting machines. I think we need uh, robots to be calling balls and strikes in baseball. They'd be better <laughs> than people. You said that uh, people didn't do as well as machines in coding in, in a, you know, uh, 
getting the ballots right. They definitely don't do well in getting balls and strikes right. <laughs> Angel Hernandez needs to go. Anyway, that's a different thing. We, we can talk about that later. Uh, more questions from listeners, and you can keep sending them in, 309-340-4464. Uh, John Ackerman, the uh, county clerk in Tazewell County, is here and answering voter fraud-specific questions. Free and fair elections is what this person texted. Also, Ackerman for governor. I don't know if there's an <laughs> announcement coming. No. Okay, not of any kind. Uh, no happy, happy and proud to be a county clerk. There you go. He says, uh, voter ID is required. Uh, no mass mailing of unsolicited ballots and voter only on election day. Off, uh, Of course, absentee voting would be okay. What is your reaction to those ideas? Well, we don't do mass mailing of ballots now. Um, you have to request the ballot. You can be put on a permanent vote by mail list, so you're permanently requesting that ballot. But still, the voter is has to request that we mail them that ballot. Um, and then... Th- those ballots are mailed out, but then they, to be turned back in, have to be signed by the voter in order for them to be returned and received. So okay. now there are states, the voter is, the, the listener is accurate, there are states that mail all ballots out to all registered voters, period. Illinois isn't one of those states, so we don't do that. There was some push from Chicago uh, to move us in that direction. The County Clerks Association is push back saying no we we don't need to be going down the road of being an all voted uh, vote by, by mail place. yeah okay well let me ask you this then this is uh, my question not a listener question i'm just curious uh, the rules we have in place here you wouldn't think that any of our rules are designed to uh, prevent um, anyone from voting no. uh, the only thing they're designed to do is make sure that our election is on the up and up yep. uh, why are some of these rules not in place in other states and why is the argument typically that this would somehow prevent especially say minority uh, votes from coming in Jim Crow 2.0 mm-hmm. that whole conversation uh, by the way Georgia actually had a record turnout in their 2022 election but why are these some of the back and forth debates in the world of politics to you if what is going on in Illinois isn't going on everywhere and it's all just to make sure that something that's very important is also very secure that is just political rhetoric by individuals that don't know what they're talking about um the president standing there saying jim crow 2.0 when the election laws in his state are more restrictive than they were going to be in georgia <laughs> sure um i pointed out in a washington post column that hit national media uh, mm. If these laws are so horrible, why did we have the same laws in place in Illinois? And the governor went, you don't have that law. Yeah, Mr. Governor, that it's right here. You know, you can't pass out. I wouldn't allow a candidate to stand at my door and pass out water, food or water to people in line. Sure. That's electioneering. We have electioneering, you know, no electioneering uh, zones yeah, yeah. in front of every polling location. It's the exact same thing they were putting in place in Georgia. And the reason is voter intimidation. I'm not going to allow Donald Trump or J.B. Pritzker to stand out in front of my polling location, shaking people's hands as they go in there, giving them a wink and nod. Mm-hmm. You deserve the right to go into a polling location unmolested and vote the way that you feel fit. Sure. And that's exactly what Georgia put in place. But we get on this national uh, rhetoric train of, of people that, again, don't understand the issue there. You notice I try to avoid talking about other states' election laws because, sure. again, I know our laws. I don't know every nuance of those states. Um, Georgia, I did quite a bit of research before I opened up and started talking about what they were adding in because I wanted to know yeah. what was so horrible. Um, unfortunately, we've got people that jump to conclusions on a national level rather than really dive in and take a look at the issues. Do you think Democrats benefit if they can prevent some of those laws from being in place? Do, does 
Democrats somehow um, gain more turnout in an election that doesn't have the laws Illinois has? Again, they drive passion amongst their voters rather than uh, basing it on facts. Sure. So it's the passionate turnout that they don't want you to vote. because so gotcha. That's all they're trying to do is use rhetoric to drive up the passions on their mm-hmm. side so they don't think logically, but they think passionately instead. Um, one of the other listeners, uh, another 309 number, and you guys sign your names or, or give the area in which you're texting in, please, uh, if you don't mind, so I can refer to you uh, differently. How did, uh, you just mentioned him, Pritzker win with almost no one reporting in Illinois? Um, I, I know that you're saying that we have very good laws in place and that our elections are secure. I'll be honest, even I was confused when you turn on the TV and all of a sudden it's over and we've counted very little of what's going to come in that night. You have to receive a certain amount of votes out of the city of Chicago if you're going to win statewide. Um, for Republicans, I believe that threshold is 15% or 20% of the votes have, out of Chicago have to be in your direction. And those early counts were showing that wasn't happening. The city of Chicago was going you know, dead for J.B. Pritzker. Wow. Um, and it's just a numbers math at that point. The same thing could be answered with why was it so easy to call the 88 presidential election for Ronald Reagan, and yet Donald Trump, we stayed up well past, you know, into the next day. Sure. Well, it's Again, when the states were overwhelmingly all going for Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. it's obvious at some point the direction it's going. Um, now, remember, too, they're calling it, but those are always unofficial results. They never call them official results. Those aren't done until 14 days later by each of the election authorities putting those out. So that's some confusion, too. People get, well, NBC called it, so the election, NBC doesn't know squat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that as a take, John. Thank you. Yeah. It's the election authority that gets to call the election, and that's when everything is finalized. Right. And that's 14 days after the election is when we close and we finally mm-hmm. provide official results. Very rarely are those official results dramatically different than what the unofficial ones are. Got it. Um, but it's just a matter of watching certain population areas where there has to be a certain amount of vote for a candidate in order for them to win. And if yeah. that threshold's not met, it makes it that much easier to quickly jump to, well, then this is not going to be You said right. the threshold for um, Darren Bailey in that uh, previous election would have been just 15% of the vote coming I out of Chicago? I think 15 or 20% okay. of the votes and out it wasn't of, close. Yep, no. Uh, for, a county, you know, for a statewide candidate, that's, that's what you got to win out yeah. of Cook County. That's amazing to consider the fact that if you go look at that map right now, it's red beyond uh, that one little area uh, up there in the top part of our state, and it doesn't, doesn't matter. So many of the votes. Think back to a previous one. Bill Brady won every county except for Cook County and still lost the election. Uh, It's just the way the population is, unfortunately. Um, Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, Florida changed some laws, too, uh, to make things even more secure. Uh, They have um, things that you said you would actually like to have here in Illinois, but we don't. Um, Why do you think, just honestly, if you don't mind, and I don't think it's necessarily political, that there is so much debate over securing an election. I would think that this would be an easy issue, and most Americans would support any and every effort to make sure that the people who are voting are indeed the people that are that are supposed to be voting. I don't know why uh, there's resistance anywhere in the country, I guess, to our laws or stricter laws like they now have in Florida. Well, I think voter ID law is a great one to f- fall into that camp. Voter ID law would make it uh, would more securely place our elections. We would be in a better position if we had that in Illinois. Florida put that in place. So did Texas. Texas proved as well the numbers went up. It didn't drive anybody from the polls. Yeah. Participation increased. Um, so why don't we have it? Democrats won't even have a discussion about it because for their side, that is a politically passionate discussion. They believe, no matter what the facts are, that that is going to drive, restrict, keep people from being able to vote. 
Now, on the other side, we feel that that's the only way to secure elections. There are other ways we can secure them. We do already by, I mentioned it, when you go to vote in my county, and it's a standard practice, I ask you the name, I look at the list. I don't tell you what your name is, even if I know what, hey, that's Craig Collins. I ask, what's your name, so that I can make sure you're on the list. And then two, what's your address? I could know where your home is. I want you to tell me where your home is, because that's a form of checking the identification. You're verbally having to tell me what's there. Um, Is that, would we be better off showing an ID? Absolutely. And it actually would speed up the process, too. It would make it easier on the election judge, not having to ask you the two questions. Mm-hmm. But there's a procedure that we can put in place that fixes that already. Yeah. Um, but, no, it, it turns into just being passionate political rhetoric on both sides of taking issues sometimes out of context. I'm going to try to oversimplify it and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, what I, I think I'm understanding and thinking about now a little bit differently is there might be a concern, say, for Democrats that people wouldn't take the extra step of getting a license if they don't have one to go ahead and vote. There'd be no prevention in place to stop someone from gaining one. Anyone could get a license that has the right to vote. Anyone could then show a license like you had to in Florida to vote in an election. Well, but maybe the belief is more that there'd be apathy. Uh, for for voters that are turning out and voting for a side of the political aisle that have every right to vote, uh, but that apathy would lead people to not vote. So it's not Jim Crow. There's no prevention mechanism in place that's designed to make something unfair, uh, but there is a likelihood that there wouldn't be as, as much effort put in if there were additional restrictions. Does that sound like that could be a more logical, more honest way that well, someone the, might say? That's that can, the reasoning, but that really doesn't exist because think of it this way. You've had to show identification already to prove your ID in order to be registered to vote. So then you, I'm required to mail you a voter registration card. You've got that at a minimum. What in the world else don't we need identification for? For Pete's sakes, I can't go get a a, a alcoholic beverage without a identification. I know. We're required a rental car. I can't get a rental car without it. Every citizen has the availability to get identification. So on this one, it is purely just political rhetoric. There is really no logical reason that you wouldn't have it in place. So why do you think they fight it? Because it instills the passions of their voters. Okay, that gotcha. Look at how I, they're I know restricting I might, it. I know I might be making you uh, repeat some of the same positions, and, and thank you. Uh, yeah. for, uh, Again, it's driving a passion yeah. response rather than a logical response. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and we get in trouble when we vote passionately rather than voting logically. I think a lot of politicians um, right now um, believe that emotion and passion is the way to win things. I don't think that a lot of politicians believe, I'm not accusing you of this, um, that you need to even have conversations about logic and facts. If you look at social media, if you look at the society we're in right now, the the social justice causes that wind up being such a big conversation piece for people that have no connection to some of the social justice causes they talk about, uh, I wonder if that is just a, a simple byproduct of what um, many, many politicians believe is the best way to get the most sizable turnout. Well, it is, and you're absolutely right, too, but it's also a little bit on the voters as well, because as a voting public, we often, too often, vote passionately and then don't pay attention the next time that individual's up at how that record turned out. So we don't hold our our elected officials accountable to their record. For Pete's sakes, how in the world, Joe Biden, are you telling me that it is great that we threw out all of America's energy? Do you not see the cost of energy? And he can stand there at the pulpit and, and keep saying time and time again, that's not what drove those numbers. We all know logically that's what drove the numbers up, that we are in a worse position today by being energy dependent on others than we were when we were producing and selling energy ourselves. Yes. That's the difference of the voting public 
not all, but some, not holding that individual accountable for the actions that they take. The last election I was in, I asked voters, I want you to vote on how I've performed as your clerk. I want them to be passionate to vote for me, yes, but I want them to look back, did I deliver on what I promised I would? And I don't know if there's enough politicians asking that question because we'd be afraid of what the results would be. There's not a lot of um, politicians that admit mis- making mistakes either. That's, that's not something yep. that many people – you know, your job is unique uh, because your mistake would be all over the – new. it would be like everywhere if we had to talk about that, like uh, the accused things are in some of the other parts of our country. Will uh, would love to advertise a mistake <laughs> I've made. <laughs> Sure would. Yeah, he, he says often. He can't wait for one. Uh, well, thank you, John, uh, for hanging out, for answering some questions. Thanks thank, for having me on, my friend. Yeah, thank you to our listeners for uh, being involved, being a part of it, too. Uh, John Ackerman is the Tazewell County Clerk. Um, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD.